0: Right, sensationally, that is absolutely amazing you got it right this time. Hi, I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted to on the Dugout Podcast.
1: Yeah, so pretty much we will be talking about Rangers because we are joined by a Ranger starting off of a fan channel, say for better word, and he's nearing 1,000 followers on Twitter. So if you could get him there, he would be internally grateful.
0: I would be internally grateful, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And for those of you who don't like Rangers, um, uh, I'd say listen along anyway because it's, it's probably going to be half the news that will be spat out throughout the next couple of weeks anyway. I am constantly fed through media outlets such as The Sun, etc. Just hear it here first, as fast as it instead of people that actually want your money. I do want the money. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: pretty much, we are going to be talking about Fleming, the Dundee game, because obviously that was a big talking point, and Murty's headstand
0: as well. Nah, nah, that's, <laughs> embarrassing. Nah, that's embarrassing. That's <laughs> embarrassing. Well, the Dundee game, I mean, you can look back at it as a Rangers fan and see uh, the 2-1 loss as, you know, something that's uh, terrible and unacceptable. However, the players are without a team and we recently beat uh, Green at Morton 2-1 and we didn't beat them convincingly. There was some good football play throughout that game and I was worried what our next league game, which was against Dundee, was going to be like. Dundee appeared to completely and utterly school us throughout most of the first half and second half as well. Joe Garner's chance was an outside-of-the-box long shot, which actually I found to be a lovely effort, very speculative, and he drilled it perfectly into the goalie's corner from a long shot. It was the highlight of the game. Um, there wasn't much else to cheer about. I didn't really see many players performing to their best as we're used to from a Rangers perspective right now. James Tavernier, two words I could sum him up. He is a talented I've never seen someone with such promise, such potential as Tavernier. uh, And yet, if ever he bombs up the pitch, he never pulls back. And I think um, not having Lee Wallace in the team as well, arguably, yes, that could have um, damaged us defensively. But he has the same sort of issues as Tavernier in terms of bombing up the pitch and then leaving a huge hole in the defence for a counter-attack. But on the whole against Dundee, I think look on the day the best team won. But do we have the players to beat teams uh, like Dundee? Absolutely we do. I just think that you can't really expect the team to perform amazingly well or even that well at all if they don't even have uh, a proper manager. They don't even know what their future is bringing. But I think Graham Bertie's drilling a nice bit of uh, discipline into the side that Mark Warburton didn't have. He said that he... Uh, absolutely tore into the team after the game which Mark Warburton didn't do which he failed to do which from a fan's perspective you wanted because Warburton had a sort of um, Paul Le Guin sort of attitude you know everyone everyone turned up you know they, they played it's fine well actually no that's not good enough for Rangers but I think yeah Dundee better team on the day uh, shouldn't have been but they were and uh, graciously take the defeat as a Rangers fan but it's a shame
1: okay, so about Warburton then what do you think about that whole
0: thing about him um... Reveining and then not reveining and all that rubbish. Well, first, actually, is it right if I hear your opinion on it? Because I haven't heard an outsider's opinion. Yeah, so pretty much, I honestly think that the
1: board or Rangers just don't have just don't have enough money like to just give them the back because obviously, like the compensation and that, and then the jumped on the chance of him resigning uh, to go down to Nottingham Forest, I think it was. And then they were just like, well, we're going to put it through. And then, well, that's just what I think, that Dave King is a stingy wee bastard and won't put any of the cash into the club on which he promised, but I suppose it's his club and Dundee United's chairman, Stephen Thompson. they're the same, stingy and doesn't put any cash in the club and sees other
0: business interests elsewhere. Yeah, and that's why they went down. Yeah, but um, I think I think you're you're partly right in what you say uh, that for for Dave King, the chairman of Rangers, to accept Mark Warburton's resignation, you know, the bunny is as I say that, um, despite the fact that he protested that he didn't resign. It was definitely a little bit of um, a little bit uh, petty. It sort of showed that he wanted him gone. And you're correct in saying that he didn't have he didn't really have the grounds to get him gone. He didn't have the money to get him gone because we're paying him 300k a year. Or still, I say so we were. And what happened was Mark Warburton was offered a job down uh, at Nottingham Forest. So he went down there and he said in a press conference, as cool as you like, he said, "Uh, yeah, what's going on? uh, I'm scouting a player down there very talented to uh, to bring and talk to him. But what he was actually doing, he wasn't scouting a player. He was stabbing the club in the back. And Davey Weir, for a seasoned Rangers, well, potentially Hall of Famer, I was absolutely gutted that he'd do that to the club. You know, his assistant is Sir Davy. He's Rangers till he dies. Oh, no, he fucking isn't. It's all be fucking lies. Nice. But, um, yeah, I, I, th- I just think the whole fiasco, it just shows that we couldn't even get rid of our manager without it being a massive fast and that's the issue with Rangers at the moment we're making the headlines for the wrong reasons i just think that mark warburton he played some he put some good style of football into our club you know be it triangular football one two passing but what he completely forgot about his mantra uh it's the same that happened at brentford is he forgot the defense but bringing davy weir and his assistant manager if he couldn't sort out the defense if the best he could do was try uh, and panic by Philip Senderos after talks with Julian Lescott, who is terrible, broke down. What did he bring to the club? Other than a bit of passion on the sideline and a few angry faces here and there. I think potentially it could be the right move for the club, but I think the whole uh, movement of the Rangers manager fiasco is lasting far too long. We need to find the replacement and we need to find it now.
1: Oh yeah, because like, with Joey Barton and that, because like all it was was just, Rangers 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 like and there was mm. always something bad about them like wherever it be Joey Barton or getting beat from Celtic 5-1 or now the Warburton stuff or the EBT tax case just came back
0: from Oh yeah, uh, from the tax and, and that's why we say the phrase it's all about the Rangers it just it just completely and utterly dominated uh, the news, but what what I think uh, a lot of Rangers fans are yet to realise, and I'm sorry to say this, it is all about the Rangers in the news, but not for the good reasons. Uh, we make the media a lot of money for uh, uh, the carpet at the moment. It's, actually, it's it's just a shame to see how things could have gone this season. You have Barton, you had Crenshaw, you have Rossiter, the talented young player that was holding the midfielder. You know, Barton could have sat back with him, but he's also got talented passing and good shooting. Barton's gone Franchard, he's just returned to training after an anterior cruciate ligament injury. Philip Senderos hasn't actually shown up, let's face it. Rossiter must be tied up in Mark Warburton's basement, so we're probably never going to see him again. I, I just think the whole season could have gone better as a whole, but um, uh, compared to championship last year, if you said to me, well, let's rewind two weeks. If you said to me that you'd be joint second and challenging for second, which we are now, let's face it, we're challenging, even though we're six points yeah. behind. If you said to me that you could get Europa League, you could you could get the um, the qualification process for Europa League, how would you feel about that? I would have bitten someone's hands off. The only thing that frustrates me is not the fact that we're we're in third at the moment, but the fact that the the style of play that we're playing, for the amount of money that we spend, and I know it doesn't sell like, that much, but we still have the biggest, bu- second biggest budget in Scotland at, at the time. This could be much better, haven't?
1: Yeah, because well, um, Yeah, I've always had it like the second biggest budget like ever obviously Mm -hmm. ever since league 2 probably the biggest well well the second biggest budget especially with but no because you don't even like seem to spend it you just seem to spend it on either useless players or contracts or just fuck all because you're renting out what The sporting shop uh, for the sports direct people, and with apparently the advertising boards and that are going for dirt cheap, but it's all just chaos, apparently, or or at least that's what Rangers Obsessed Chris Sutton says anyway. Oh,
0: for God's sake, Chris Sutton, but I think, look, when we were in Division 2 and even the lower divisions. We had the most paid manager in Scotland to be paid uh, whilst at Rangers. Yeah. Ali McCoy, jeez. Do you know how much he was being paid as a manager? No. At Rangers. Well, bear in mind, we were at rock bottom. He was paid £800,000 a year. £800,000. I'll reiterate, £800,000 a year. That's almost double what Neil Lennon was earning at the time. I think that with such bad management that the club went through with such bad uh, staff within the board and it just wasn't run properly so I think at the moment we're going through a sort of uh, like, like uh, a transition, transition process yeah, exactly a transition period just like what Arsenal will go through in Bengalese but this is within, internally with the club this should never happen with a club like Rangers. Yeah. I think it was gonna be a hard journey to get back. But Dave King promised us 30 million. People think that's through transfers. That's wrong. He promised us investment into the club. So far he said he spent 18 million. But I'm not so sure.
1: So obviously you went to the Sutton United match.
0: I did, yeah, and it was a it was a very refreshing um a refreshing break from uh, the hard time that is right now supporting Rangers you know I'm not playing the victim as a lot of fans like to say that we are it's just, just I'm sure you can understand it gets increasingly frustrating so uh, I'm not actually a season ticket holder at Sutton United and tickets were like gold dust um uh, even like I think they catered to every single season tickets needs and there was only 5,000 that could go there and 750 Arsenal fans went, and that was their maximum. So it was because I knew someone uh, throughout the club. Uh, he used to play there. Who's a 42 year old goalkeeper that came back and saved them? Not Wayne Shaw, Aww. but his name was a uh, his, his name's Chris Pack, and um, absolute gem of a guy. So I arrived there. Uh, I didn't expect anything because I arrived there at half six, and I thought that'd be early because the game kicked off at 7:55. It was absolutely yeah. packed for what it is. Let's face it, small stadium, but packed for what it is. And uh, a funny story was that I was standing, uh, so you enter Gannagreen Lane, yeah. walk left, and there's uh, stands, and then there's what was there temporarily was the, uh, the Box. So yeah. on the Pundit Box, there was Alan Shearer, there was Gary Lineker, and there was Martin Keown. Now, I knew that Martin Keown is a bit of a sense of humour, so throughout boring parts of the game, I'd stare over at the Pundit Box, and I'd make faces at him. And he would absolutely crack up. He'd look at, he'd, he'd do that thing, you know, when you sort of put your hand in the way so you don't look at someone. Yeah. And Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer kept on looking over, trying to see what was going on. But I, I just kept on looking away. Gary Lineker, by the way, what a cool guy. All these kids were throwing chips at the window and he'd literally just hold his cup of tea, look over at them and pull his face. It says, yeah, cool guys. <laughs> and I was just thinking of him thinking, that is my elder right there. But yeah, the football that played... Uh, I think Sutton United did, did reasonably well to so hold Arsenal off to a 2-0 win uh, hit the crossbar and have a couple of dangerous headers there were a couple of occasions uh, particularly in the first half one of their wing- wingers as you can tell I don't watch them that regularly were bombing down the wing and if he just put in a good cross a header could, could have happened but no it always went over the bar or to the far side of the pitch until the second half when they started to get their crosses on point Sutton United seemed to win every single header as well and play uh, uh, played some good football Theo Walcott uh, he had a tip against United when you thought he would, and then Alexis uh, Sanchez was subbed on, and my word, he was something else. Touches on the ball, turns, but he just—he uh, wasn't really that much of a threat. In front of goal, what did you make of the match?
1: Oh, well, to be fair, I ain't never actually. You know, like the only match I watched was the Lincoln and Burnley game, but from what I've seen of it, it just pretty much just that Pagate thing and Winshaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how he forced to resign is oh. ridiculous. Oh, no way. Like, he should be hailed as a hero, sleeping oh, sleeping in the boardroom or wherever it was, like, for three nights a week. It's something else. Then he got the sack, just for eating. And it wasn't even a pie, it was a pasty. So he got sacked. For the, for the do you get? Do you get okay. why he got sacked? Well, yeah, because son bet, so now that rubbish?
0: Yeah, I, I, I just think, look, it's what Gary Lineker said. The human's gone in football. Yeah, but helping the Sun like, get. Well, he's helping us get rid of the Sun's money. So I, I don't really have a problem with what he's doing. Let's face, it. if he's making the Sun money, then maybe. But no, he's doing the exact opposite, and we don't like the Sun. No, nobody likes the fun. Nobody likes it, but people buy it. What the hell? You know, like even if Scotland's
1: biggest newspaper thing cause, like or the most amount of buys because it's either that or the record again but I'm certain that it is the sun because they've got like two hundred and eighty-five thousand papers a month like sold or something It's ridiculous which doesn't which doesn't even seem a lot because it's only cause that's only like the size of the of, of like Dundee. Actually, think of this. It, but anyway, there not really much in blooming gosh football. Well, we've shot from mm. the fucking question. Actually, but it was gonna take a bit longer than this. Uh, so you'll be even prouder to announce your best eleven in well
0: in your lifetime, obviously. Cause I'm not oh, oh, here. my lifetime I'm best eleven. Oh, that's interesting because, see, uh, I'm only 19. I turned 20 this year, and uh, I was born in 1997, obviously. So I had some greats in my lifetime, and I really don't want to mess out. So let's start off with the goalkeeper. I'm going to start off with the goalkeeper that I remember the most, which was Stefan Kloss. Uh, We called him Der Goalie. He absolutely earned his reputation, a very, very reliable uh, stop shotter and didn't do any of this Wes Fodderingham crap with his feet. Uh, At left-back... Uh, I'd have to go with, I think, probably Arthur Newman. Arthur Newman was very consistent. Uh, I think he scored between four and eight goals for us as well. Maybe more. But, uh, yeah, a very reliable defender. And he was one of the ones that could track back. And he played multiple times for his country too. Uh, At centre-back, now, I think he didn't spend a long time at Rangers, but Carlos Cuela. Carlos Quayla, at the time he was at Rangers, oh, my God, what an absolute enigma. He just played amazingly throughout his whole time at us and i haven't seen a defender do that since but someone else who comes close to that would be his partnership which is majid baguera he stayed for us for about uh, 46 years uh, four to six obviously not 46 and he was very reliable he had many songs about him, many fan chants and recently he asked to come back but uh you know that would be moving back to the the old ways and you sort of want to move forward as a club at right back uh, I'd have to say Alan Hutton. I don't think that we've had a right back as reliable as him since, and we sold him for I think eight million to Aston Villa uh, after about three to four years of service with Rangers. So obviously my formation would be a 4 four-four-two because yeah. we've got a few talented midfielders to get through. So left mid, left mid. Okay, this this is this is a bit of a difficult one. I'm gonna do the centre mids first. So my centre mid, I'm gonna go for Barry Ferguson. Barry Ferguson. Oh, I wish we could make a player like him again. Who knows? Maybe that'll be Billy Gilmore. He made a couple of stupid mistakes in his career, just like on the sidelines, which led to his um, his also, quick release uh, from Rangers. You
1: can't forget Boothgate.
0: Say uh, again. We
1: cannot forget Boothgate. Uh, what <laughs> oh, was that? <laughs> well, that dumb Boothgate? <laughs> oh yeah. The one that got pissed off look and, look up up and went Barry Ferguson and just him. i the forgotten
0: him after pissed <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's just like. People compare him to Scott Brown. They're two very different players. Scott Brown's obviously more defensive. Scott Brown always has more pace. But on the whole, I very much fight the corner for Barry Ferguson because I do think he was a better player. The other central midfielder would have to be the Northern Irish player that currently plays for Southampton, Stephen Davis. Uh, Stephen Davis brought just a world of class to the Rangers game. Uh, The passes that he brings... I'm sorry, I'm getting a little upset thinking about these players because I know we're not going to have them again. Um, his free kicks were reliable, same as Barry Ferguson's, um, and he was always a player that would turn up for you. Actually, I think I might go 4 3 so I can have... Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm going to go four three three 3 instead. So I'm going to add for the long shot, uh, <laughs> I absolutely love this guy, as you can tell. Uh, I was going to go with Lee McCulloch, but he was never one of our best. He was always one of my favourite, but I'm not. I'm going to go with Pedro Mendes, because the short time that he was at Rangers, uh, he just made an absolute impact as soon as he started. His long shots were absolutely phenomenal. And if you haven't seen them, if you're new to uh, being a Scottish football fan whatsoever for any reason, you know, uh, just check them out on YouTube. Pedro Mendes' long shots. What a talented player he was. Uh, So that's my three midfielders. So left wing, I'm going to go with Peter Lovincrantz. Now, Peter Lovincrantz, he loved scoring against Celtic. He absolutely loved it. He relished it. See, I was just thinking, right back, I could have gone with Sasa Papac, which I can regret now, but I said Hutton. So, yeah, left wing, Peter Lovenkrantz, he had pace, he could dribble with the ball, he wasn't afraid to shoot, and shooting is a huge issue with the Rangers right now. So, what do you think? On well, I think my striker should be, I think you can tell where my striker's going to be, can't you? I
1: don't know, because there's loads of good strikers, but in my lifetime, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like for my life
0: so I'm gonna push
1: is... yellow
0: yeah, bit so, exactly so I'm gonna have I would have Chris Boyd at striker but with level pushed out to right wing and here's why it sounds stupid but
1: yeah
0: Chris Boyd was uh, a player that wouldn't exactly work his arse off he was sort of like not literally fat but uh, in terms of ideology football ideology he was oh, he yeah. was a fat lazy striker that would just Matt to like for Southampton. oh Oh, my God, yeah. He just literally would finish everything that you put in front of him. And that was absolutely sensational. I haven't seen a player quite as reliable at Rangers since. You could argue Kenny Miller, but no one finished like Chris Boyd. I think he's a league's top scorer as well, which is, you know, it it speaks stories. Uh, And the reason why I put Nikit Jelovic out on the right wing, he was called uh, the Flying Fortress, and he worked his socks off for any team he ever played for. You know, having Nikit Jelovic at right wing, it gives you the the energy for the player to work his way through and feed it through to Chris Boyd but you know I just I, 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 mate, I wish I wish we had players like these again but I do regret not saying Sasa Pap excuse is so consistent for us
1: well yeah because that is a rather strong team that that team would definitely win the Premier League well obviously the Scottish Premier League no <laughs> of English Premier League quality well yet again neither of any Scottish team even though plenty of them have went on to play in the English Premier League, like Hutton, Davies and Jelovic and probably loads more, which I can't remember on what player they've even said, to be fair, except to them. How could Scotland improve their international team? Or how do you think they could
0: improve it? <laughs> you want the honest answer there? Yeah. Uh, the honest answer is I honestly don't have a clue. But what I think we can say for sure is that Hibs, uh, Celtic and Rangers, we all have sensational academies. Um, I particularly fight the case for Rangers because recently our under-15s beat Celtic under fifteen six 6-1. Uh, we've got the likes of Billy Gilmore, Miles Beerman, Josh Jeffries, all of these promising names that are coming through. And, uh, of course, uh, Celtic have Ben Dembele, the young player who's making so much noise training with the first team. I think it was age 13 when he did that. And Hibbs, you know, they brought through the likes of Scott Brown and they continue to throw the old player here and there. But you look at Oliver Burke. Oliver yeah. Burke uh, is currently at uh, Bull, uh, Rasenball Sport Leipzig. And he's making a bit of a name for himself there. Not as a goal scorer, but as... A pacey, impact player who can beat his man, swing the ball in. And not only is he fast, uh, he's also very, very strong. And that's something that, uh, <laughs> that's what has been compared to the likes of Gareth Bale. But if ever there's a promising player for a nation, you get compared to Bale. I just, I, I don't know how we can strengthen the team. Maybe serious investment within the leagues. Because the Scottish League, let's face it, is miles behind the others. Just, uh, apart from what, well, what used to be the top two range. Uh, rangers and celtic but as soon as uh i think as soon as rangers are back as we should be as we used to be then i think that's when the game will seriously start to improve but you look at um, the spanish leagues the english leagues they have serious investment people coming over from from (laughs) saudi arabia egypt billionaires to come in and put money into the club we haven't necessarily had that properly in scotland and should that happen, I think that's when we can properly start to invest into the youth. But things like Rangers Lotto, uh, that invests into the, the youth of Rangers, and I think they get about £26,000 a week, through pounds from that. So congratulations to them for that.
1: Right, the week before, we've done the Scottish Cup predictions. So this week we will do the week ahead league predictions. So obviously tomorrow... Inverness versus Rangers. How do you think that one will go then?
0: <laughs> so Inverness versus Rangers. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I think after the spell of form that we've had. Uh, Perfect. Okay. I think. I think. Yeah. Go for it. Draw. You go first.
1: I think it'll be like a one-all. I think it'll be a draw. Inverness at bottom of the league. I still think due to rangers forum they should have the class like to pull through but i still think a, i still think that it will be a one-all draw or two-all or
0: something like that well I, I think you could be right if it was at ibox i'd argue the opposite way but we've got a terrible away record this season and that is the legacy of mark Warburton, really isn't it yeah. <coughs> you can't understand why a team doesn't perform away from home if consistency what they did throughout december they could win games at home, but as soon as it went away, it became more difficult for them. Now, Inverness, uh, uh, I think you might find this interesting, what I'm about to say, and you might call me delusional, but here's what I think. I think if every team played the way that they play against Rangers, the Scottish Premier League wouldn't be half bad. I think every team steps it up a notch. And this is something that my editor told me, and I completely and utterly agree. What editor? Every te- Ab- uh, the editor of my YouTube channel.
1: Aberman need an editor, man.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, his, his name's Blair Gibson. He's very talented. He, um, yeah, he's, he's got a big future out of him. He said that every team steps it up because it's Rangers. You know, it's a chance to to knock down. You know, the team that should be at the top and make a statement. But in reality, we should win, and it's not just should. We have to because Aberdeen are now six points ahead. It's a bit lose bit of an S. That put if Aberdeen won, nine points clear. And Celtic, if they won, 33 points ahead of Rangers. That just can't happen. So I think there needs to be a fire within the belly of the Rangers team that Graham Murphy hopefully would implement. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping for maybe if we did win, it'll only be one goal. So I'm going to go for a 1-0 win to Rangers. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cause it will be a really tight game. But I do believe that you do have to win to try and stop Celtic winning on the old form match so I do think you, you have to win like every game up until then, the way that it's worked out yeah. and Celtic have to draw one or something but yeah so the next one is Aberdeen versus Ross County, that one I believe Aberdeen will win, they will definitely win by I think probably be about 3-1 maybe, i
0: will go 3-1, Aberdeen obviously. Um- yeah, I'd say definitely don't rule out Ross County, no matter what their recent results would say, because Liam Boyce, of course, is their striker, and I think he's second, if not third, top scorer in the Scottish Premier League with 14 goals. Now, that, does, that doesn't go without uh, being noticed, but Aberdeen, after demolishing Motherwell, was it 7-2, 6-2? 7-2, yeah. 7-2, that that, that, that's making a statement. So, I hope that Ross County could put up some sort of defence, but is it away at Pitotbury? Uh Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one wants to be away at Patoja, it's a very, very hard place to play a game. So, mm. yeah, potentially you're right. I think if Aberdeen would win, maybe 2-1. Mm.
1: Good enough. Oh, good old typical goal fest. Celtic versus Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> <have> finished. The <coughs> high for Celtic. The memorable one being 8-0, I think, last year. Oh, my.
0: God, yeah. Well, I must admit, last year I, I didn't keep up with uh, the the Premier, the Scottish Premier League. There was a lot that when Rangers came into the Premier League that I didn't uh, I I didn't need to look it up because I wasn't there. You know, we weren't there, yeah. so I I specialized in my team and no one else. But uh, yeah, so Celtic versus Hamilton. I'm going to say that Hamilton could get a sneaky goal because Celtic lately they've been going down and then coming back to win by a huge margin. Which, um, well, if if you can do it, winning by a huge margin, no matter what way you do it, that you know that, that's ultimately what you want. So I think maybe Celtic will win four one.
1: Four one, yeah. I probably say about three one. Yeah, probably about that. Maybe even Celtic keep a clean sheet because Craig God. Be interesting. He has improved again after. As long as he doesn't come running out and does something stupid, they probably oh should keep a clean sheet. Oh. Motherwell v Dundee, well, Dundee for them, they probably should win, but as a way at for Park,
0: so well, let's put it this way, Dundee will be confident, because yeah. they've just beaten Rangers 2-1, Motherwell got gubbed by Aberdeen 7-2, and then they play Celtic and lost 2-0, so I, I think going by run of form, I say Dundee should notch that one by the same scoreline uh, as uh, the Rangers game, but they are away, and that always does play a part. But I'll
1: be interested to see Goxie's video on that one. <laughs> yeah, probably three too. I'd go cause Dundee's defence they are lacking, like a captain in that defence. Well, so, mm,
0: just like Rangers.
1: Yeah. Well, they do need to improve their defence, uh, Dundee, because the only defender, like which I think is actually good, is Darren O'Di, and then that's it like and then than he, it, yeah. yeah then he isn't even that good then he left 12-tech which is a shame anyway Partick Vissil versus Hearts and Midlovian oh
0: that erm um, th- what, what was the score Hearts uh, versus Hibs uh, 3-1 Hibs <sighs> fucking hell. ok right yeah. Um, that was on last night and I saw people yeah. uploading stages laughing faces but honestly I don't care enough to watch that Um, I think er uh, Hmm. If Hearts lose 3-1, I think maybe they could push once again a 2-1 or a 1-0 away at home, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 because they see the 3 against a team that is a uh, division below them. Sorry, that'd be 1-2 in them, basically.
1: I would personally go with, because Hearts feel like they would probably need to repay their fans after seeing them getting at well. Because apparently they did get like gubbed. Like with all hebs or something. So I think Hearts would have to repay their fans, so yeah. Probably one oh, now I know. Uh two one, three one. Something like that for Hearts. Hearts anyway. Then John's John's that in is probably the closest one of the lot. I know. Well, no. Might have well, done well these first ones, things first. Yeah. Who cares? Nobody cares. <laughs> right. <I think> <laughs> again, who cares about that game? You know, but yet again, who cares about Motherwell and Dundee? Wait, Who cares? Uh, who cares about any game when Rangers are not playing, right? Care, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. There you go. Good man. You know, you know the drill. Okay. Um, so right, okay. St. Johnson versus a favourite Ranger. Then I'll grow big. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It's true. You have to admit that. Uh, that, that's what happens, like, it's just th- like so many people flock to one team, <laughs> and we've seen support. Uh, yeah, but,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <those laughs> so, as you are saying, uh, yeah. St. Johnson and Um, could you see a draw?
1: I could, because, mm, yeah, I could. There's not much difference in quality, really. They've literally got, like, nobody in that team, like, which springs to me. <gasps> I know who you should get on this podcast. Uh, that Kilmarnock fan. Oh, great. Oh, Gordon Sawyer's. Yeah, man. <laughs> he- he's too funny.
0: Imagine oh. that. So what do you think about the result? Well, my beloved killer was the real. <laughs> yeah, no, so I'm going to go with uh, a 1-0 exactly draw, I think. Like banging huh? on his door.
1: I'm trying to record a video. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my manager just left my club. <laughs> oh, no. I can't find his YouTube channel, but I can find all the videos of him. Yeah. All well, right, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, this has been hosted by the brilliant Dugout, and this has been the guest who probably won't be on for a while again, but if he wants me on, I'll join right away. It's Ben from Rangers Fans Channel. Before, be sure to check us out. Our Twitter is at Shirt. And
1: yeah, <laughs>